Hey everybody, it's Kurt Schlichter with another edition of Unredacted, the Town Hall VIP podcast that says the hell with you, FCC compliance. Here I am, ready to rock you like a hurricane. Thank you. I always like to start off my episodes of Unredacted with Kurt Schlichter with a, a you know a quotation from an important thought leader like Klaus Mina of the Scorps. So you've got that going on for you. I'm not going to be put into some, you know, box somewhere. I'm not going to be like, you know, I'm the square peg in the round hole, baby. I'm a rebel. I'm a fighter. I'm an untamable loser on a highway to hell. And and yet I'm intriguing because I'm wearing a leather jacket and a white T-shirt underneath. What am I saying? Am I saying I'm the conservative Fonz? Well, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And it's time to jump that shark in a non-sexual way. I don't want to get in any kind of amphibian weirdness. After all, I'm not a Democrat. So I don't know where the hell we're going today. We just kind of started down wandering down this this primrose path which raises the question, what the hell is Primrose anyway? I mean, if somebody came up and said, this, this is Primrose, I'd be like, really? Wow. So we're going to tiptoe through the tulips. That's my, God, what the hell is that guy's name? Timmy, little Timmy or something? God, no, a tiny Tim. That was my tiny Tim reference. All these people who are like born in like the 60s are going, oh, I remember that guy. And everybody after it's going, the fuck is Kurt talking about today? Holy shit. He's, he's just going off there. And there's so much to talk about. Let me throw something out here. And I think it's kind of a big deal. But apparently the mainstream media doesn't. And that's that one of Robert Mueller's team, who was an FBI official, uh, is going to plead guilty for falsifying evidence submitted to a court in connection with the investigation. Now, you would think that that would be a big deal. You would think that that would be a big deal. I mean, someone in, you know, for for four years, if somebody in the Trump administration was spotted at a bar somewhere ordering a white Russian, that was good for four hours of Maddow on MSNBC. But now, now one of Mueller's guys is pleading guilty to falsifying evidence to obtain a warrant he could not have otherwise obtained because, you know, without falsifying the evidence, the, the, the fact that, you know, this Trump administration person, this well, one administration, but within the Trump orbit person would, you know, there would, there would be no probable cause to spy on him. He, he faked evidence under oath. And this is, again, a member of the Mueller, Mueller, Mueller coterie of you know, upstanding integrity, people of integrity who all have integrity because integrity. Okay. So we've established that at least one of them committed crimes involving falsifying evidence in connection with the investigate. That is done. The media doesn't seem to be playing that way. And I was chided by someone from the New York Times because I tweeted out, well, now if you watch the mainstream media, you might be surprised. I'm paraphrasing. You might be surprised to find out that a FBI official in the Mueller team is pleading guilty to a felony for falsifying evidence. And uh, this New York Times guy, well, this was, uh, excuse me, the New York Times broke this story. Okay, two-prong thing here. Prong one, you might be surprised 
that if you read the mainstream media. Okay, so at and the second one, second prong of this test was that he did these things, that he falsified evidence uh, against a person in the Trump orbit to obtain judicial relief. Again, falsely. Commit a crime. Pled guilty to it. It's a two-pronged test. Now, this guy thought he was super clever because all our blue check betters think they're super clever. So, well, it was the New York Times that broke the story. Well, it broke a story. So prong one is satisfied to the extent that it was the New York Times that broke this story. But if you read the New York Times article, do you really come across with the impression, hey, one of Mueller's team invented evidence, it falsified evidence to get something from a judge it couldn't have otherwise gotten against somebody in the Trump orbit. I don't know. Sounds pretty significant to me. And if you don't come out of the story thinking that, did they really tell you the story? And of course, you don't if you read the New York Times. It's sort of like a guy did something in Russia administration. Look, Trump's screwing with the post office. We'll talk about P.O. Anon later. That's the crazy post office conspiracy of conspiracies. Do you get the impression that they really don't care about like law and order? Do you get the impression this whole Russia thing was just bullshit from the start? I don't know. Call me cynical. I'm kind of thinking it was bullshit. Just, I, I, you know, I could be wrong. Someone could convince me that no, they're absolutely serious about doing justice, which is why one of the members of Mueller's team pled guilty to falsifying evidence against somebody involved in the Trump administration. So that would be a thing. Well, not Trump and this Trump campaign. I wish I could say I was surprised, but I'm not surprised because why would I be? I've been doing this for a long time. The media's always been garbage, and now it's not even pretending not to be garbage. You can read the mainstream media and not learn what's happening. You can read the mainstream media and not know what is happening. And I find that disconcerting to say the least I find that highly disconcerting but like every other institution American society dominated by liberals the media is teetering the media has been teetering partly because of technology and we've seen you know hundreds of newspapers disappear the Los Angeles Times has essentially become a brochure and then vanished completely I think I've said it before I'll say it again used to go running back when I could run and every driveway every other driveway probably had a New York a LA Times in it when I would run Los Angeles I mean I got the Los Angeles Times for decades and then I stopped because they were communists and I really didn't didn't miss anything Arena was happy because it didn't have damn newspapers lying all over the place eventually I would I would occasionally see the LA Times you know, I'd go to a restaurant, like a diner or something, there'd be an L.A. Times there. Oh, there it is. It's, and it got physically smart. It used to be this huge thing. The L.A. Times on Sunday used to weigh like four pounds. I mean, it was huge. And now it's like a freaking brochure, right? That's not, that's not uncommon. So technology's been changing stuff. Economics has been changing some. And frankly, we've been changing as news consumers. Because, you know, over the years we've seen it's, 
it's pretty much communist propaganda. And why go? Why get the LA Times? Go get Pravda. Go go right to the source. So you get all this, and then you get COVID that accelerates everything, and then you get uh, the attack of the leftists on the people who run these institutions, like the New York Times, which famously gave up. Uh, in the face of literally shaking newsroom millennials who couldn't couldn't deal with having U.S. Senator Tom Cotton's op-ed about using military force to suppress rioters, which is, you know, something people have been doing for 5,000 years. Uh, in fact, I did personally in Los Angeles as part of the Army. And they, and they, they just, you know, they just give in. So... At the same time, everything is changing because of technology, Te changes and economics because the internet has provided another place for people to, you know, sell things. You know, you can't sell classifieds, and because people are sick of the ideological bias, they've got those trends all accelerated by COVID. At the same time, they have the worst leadership class ever, and you know, try and look surprised that our mainstream media is garbage. It is garbage. And I don't think there's any way out of it being garbage. I think we're in for change. I think we're changes through all of society. And of course, Trump has shown that. The institutions have failed us. Well, the institutions will put it differently. They would say, you, the people, have failed us, the institutions. Which turns on its head who's supposed to be working for who, which is itself kind of illustrative of oh, the problem. Do I mourn their demise? Do I have to mourn the demise of the media, of Hollywood, of academia, major league sports, no. I seek their destruction. I revel in it. I don't know what's going to follow. Could be worse. We're conservatives. We are suspicious of change. But today, as conservatives, we are the agents of change. People go, conservatives are supposed to be people who conserve things. Okay. Stop telling me definitions that don't apply. Words can change meaning. Conservative and liberal have changed meanings. They don't mean what they used to mean. A conservative today is someone who has kind of a general set of ideological foundations based in natural law, civil rights, the Constitution, traditional morality, free enterprise, you know, kind of... It's kind of a generic title for people on the right now. And liberal is pretty much communist. So anyway, this is, now, are the liberals at all upset that one of Mueller's people is pleading guilty to falsifying evidence against someone in Trump world? No, they, they are not upset. They think it's okay. At the end of the day, it's just fine with them. It doesn't matter. It's not about right and wrong. And that's that's the fun part about the post office thing. It's not about right and wrong. We're not going to be able to reason them out of it. I mean, if we want to reason them out of it, you go, well, if you don't trust the post office, just walk to the fucking, you know, polling place and vote there. No. No. The reason that they have this post office thing is to uh, prepare the battle space to reject the results of Trump's victory to to call it illegitimate that that's that's what they're doing it's all bullshit 
It's all a lie. But that doesn't matter. And they know it. They don't care. And you shouldn't care, which is why you ought to read my book, 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. You need to go get it because it talks about a lot of this stuff. But it's all just, you know, conservatives get frustrated because, well, here's the truth. It's so obvious. It doesn't matter. You're not going to talk them into not wanting power. And since power is their only motivation, and it's not power to be used for good, it's power to be used for their own pleasure, you, you can't talk them out of it. You can't come up with a moral argument of any efficacy against them having power. Can't do it. You might as well try teaching particle physics to a corgi. Okay, Woofy. All right, Woofy, this is a quark. Arf! Arf! Look, we have gravitational electrons, neutrinos! Woof! Okay, doesn't work. Not helpful. Not, not, just, no. So, what's going to happen? Well, they're going to keep up on this shit and convince each other that this giant fraud thing, and now keep in mind there's two parts to this. Uh, part one is prepare the battle space for an, illegit- an attack on the illegitimacy of Trump's re-election. The other part is to just facilitate cheating. And they're doing that in, in you know, for instance, in Pennsylvania. Oh, it doesn't even need a post, doesn't even need a, po- a post, a postmark. Does not even need a postmark. Wow. Gosh, that sure makes it easy to like take 20,000 ballots and just fill them all out, dump them into the total. Yeah. Yeah, it's some bullshit. What they want to do is, of course, set a open-ended universe which they can fill with fake ballots. And if they still manage not to steal it, then they can come along and call the victory illegitimate. That's the whole thing. Kind of pressing, huh? How does this end? I was talking to somebody today about how all this ends. He's pretty pessimistic. He doesn't think it ends well. I'm not sure it ends well either. Look, we're in a change period. This is a time of flux. This is a time when stuff is... When the, when the old arrangements are changing. And I keep talking about this. Back, you know, 100 years ago, we were being taught in college the same way we're being taught today. Some dipshit sitting in front of a bunch of uh, hungover college students talking at them. You know, switch out the fashions and kind of, you know, some of the architecture. And it's not that different today than it was in 1920. Really, it's not. But technology's changed. Everything else has changed. Our institutions are failing, guys. They are teetering. They are of marginal relevance, but they, the, 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 the people who run them are both incompetent and totally resistant to change because they know nothing else than occupying these positions they inherited. Look, it's not like they can go do something else. They need these institutions. And to preserve their own positions, they need them in the shape and structure that they currently are, even though the shape and structure of the institutions as they currently are do not serve our needs. You feel academia serves your needs? 
A two hundred fifty thousand dollar gender studies degree? Does that 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 fill that void for you? Is that the final piece of the puzzle? You know? It's like the zoo animal puzzle, and that's like the orangutan's nose and left eye piece. Aha, finished. It isn't. No one needs that. We need to completely rethink society. I keep, I, gosh, I, I sure hate that. It gets me so irritated. Every kid should go to college. That's just bullshit. And the thing is, we need to, we, we need to start saying that. Every kid doesn't need to go to college. Why do they want every kid to go to college? So we take more money and use it to subsidize academia as currently constituted, which is a giant festering anal fissure. That's it. That's how we go. That's how we are. And I think I, you know, this is a time of total transition, not unlike the revolutionary times when you were kind of, you know, coming out of the Enlightenment. And we saw it later in, in, in France, too. The old structures simply were not functioning. There had to be new structures. Society's going to be structured some way. I mean, we're not all anarchists like Michael Malice. It's going to be structured in some fashion. But the structure we have now does not serve our needs. All it does is parasite off us to serve the needs of the few who run said institution or are employed by it unsustainable unsustainable it just can't go on things that can't go on won't and there will be a reckoning and there will be a revolution at some point now is a revolution have to mean sweeping away the constitution no i think the constitution's frankly a general enough framework of natural rights and fair processes to continue but the way our institutions are structured and, you know, the way they are breaking the boundaries that we once respected, they once respected, in order to maintain their toehold of influence, I find it troubling. But what do I know? I'm just some Republican guy. Anyway, if you uh, like my town hall VIP columns on Wednesday, you've probably seen that, you know, we're like three weeks into the, to the great burger debate. And uh, I've cut and pasted a lot of the stuff from people emailing. People email me all the time. at It's kurt.schlichter at townhall.com. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And uh, I, I, I do... I try and read all of them. I try to respond to all of them, but sometimes you just get so many, I may miss them. And uh, I've been doing, uh, discussing burgers, and people, you know, people have a lot of wrong and terrible ideas about burgers. Uh, a proper burger is a good bun, good meat. You can grill it. You can uh, 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 char it, uh, char broil it. Ketchup, mayonnaise, mustard. What, mayonnaise? Yeah, mayonnaise. Pickle, onion, tomato, lettuce. I'm not against lettuce, but I just, I don't understand the reason for lettuce. I'm not sure where lettuce or why lettuce is. Who's the guy who said, you know, let's put a little of this green shit on there. It doesn't taste like anything, but let's just throw it on there. You know what I hate? I hate when you get like a lettuce stem, right? It's some restaurant that just doesn't care. And they put like a lettuce stem, so you get this big, thick, white looking thing. You know, it looks like it's never been in the sun. 
it looks like your legs in about March. It's butt white and it's not, not even green. You're like, why is this in my food? And it's all uh, uh, curved and bumpy and it's like, you don't lie flat on the burger. So it disrupts the symmetry of the form. Oh, by the way, uh, American or cheddar cheese. I know American melts better, but I, I like cheddar too. So anyway, that's a proper burger. Uh, proper burger alternatives include the patty melt, which, you know, a couple rye or sourdough, patty, you got some cheese on it, and then you get grilled onions. This should have like a Thousand Island dressing thing on there. Uh, I'll do ketchup and mayonnaise, though. Mustard? Eh, yeah, I don't know if you want that on your patty melt. I don't know why that's different. It kind of is. Anyway, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where I'm at burger-wise. So, you know, the, the, or it, it continues in my Wednesday. I don't know what the rest I'm going to write about on Wednesday because it's only like Saturday now. But, you know, I'm sure it'll be freaking brilliant. My Monday's brilliant. It's uh, Kamala Harris grasping uh, Harpy. I think it says, uh, brace yourself for the excitement of Kamala Mania. Exciting excitement of Kamala Mania. And it basically points out she's a home-wrecking home uh, shrew who uh, used influential men to gain a foothold in politics, much like Hillary. And it talks about how you're not supposed to say this. Now, I said this on Twitter. And all the mediocre blue checks, that's the blue checks from like, you know, uh, redflag.com, you know, mycommiefantasies.net and all the other little shitty blogs you've never heard of. They've got like 3,000 followers, but they got that blue check and they're all men and it's like mediocre blue check fest and they're all kind of like white knighting. Well, you can't talk about her like that, which of course made me talk about her like that and their moms too because I believe you should talk about their moms because they're sissies and they can't do shit about it and I like to grind it in their fat you know, butt white faces because they're all these mediocre blue check guys. They're all like the white guys who, uh, you know, they, they were human wallpaper in high school. And, uh, here they are. They got a blue check now and now they're ready to, they're ready to rumble with Kurt, which always works out poorly. You know, people go, Kurt, you, you get in a lot of fights on Twitter. And I, 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 I guess I do. Like, how can you take people giving you shit? And I'm like, I disagree with your premise. I don't think they're people. I think they're mediocre liberal blue checks and they don't matter to me. I just, I just don't respect them. They can say whatever they want about me. I just don't care. But I do like to make fun of them. I like to insult their manhood, which is tougher than it sounds because they don't really have any. And I like to insult their intelligence, which... You know, see above and I like to uh, accuse them accurately of being posers my favorites are always the guys who say Kurt new humanity and I point out well I went away for 16 months left my family to go you know defend other people who uh, who weren't my ethnicity and weren't my religion I, I went to this foreign country and did to help them you know not be subject to genocide and you were in a band that had uh, like a number 15 hit in 1992. You mediocre liberal blue check. 
and they get really upset by that. I mean, really, really upset. Because you're supposed to respect them. And I don't respect them. They haven't done shit. They're posers. I don't... I, I, I will occasionally ask them, why do you think you can talk to me like I'm a peer? Because I'd really like to know why they think they've got some sort of status to act like they're my freaking equal. They don't know shit. They haven't done shit. They're not interesting or smart or funny. They're not insightful. They have no experience. They haven't done anything with their pathetic lives. They're losers and they want to come to me and, and, and they want me to pretend that I respect them, to me to pretend that these guys are freaking worth my respect? Dude, y'all need to earn it, you saps. You're pathetic. No one will ever love you. That's just how I roll. Anyway, uh, check me out on Twitter at Kurt Schlichter. Uh, read me Monday and Thursday for free, but you VIP guys, you get me Wednesday. I don't know if I'm going to do the Thursday uh, chat with uh, Larry O'Connor and Chris Stegall this week because I may be doing stuff on Thursday, but we'll see how that goes. I might, maybe I'll pop in. I don't know. Probably not. But anyway, one thing is for certain, I will uh, see you right here next week on this uh, uh, amazing uh, cavalcade of curtness, stream of courteousness that we call Unredacted Thanks a lot. Adios.